welcome to Play on K, the Korean drama podcast with Emily and Raquel. And this is a show where we take a K-drama, we watch it three episodes at a time, and then we get together here every week to talk about it. Yeah. Oh, man. Sorry. I got a notification that was very happy about the announcement of our new K-drama, which is Kingdom, which we watched three episodes of because we're doing something kind of tricky We what that we've never done before. We are watching two seasons of a K-drama, and so we are following the number patterns in a sensible way to split the seasons up. Yeah, we're being real reasonable. Between... So there's six episodes per season. So we could have done four episodes at a time and been absolute psychopaths and watched across the seasons in one of our episodes. But that <laughs> seemed just... I mean, I guess psychopath is the vibe for October, but it just seemed so much more reasonable to do four episodes where we reviewed three at a time. God, that was confusing. That was a stupid way to say it. We're watching three episodes every week for four weeks. We got there. Better way to say it. We did it. Yeah, no, that I. it's kind of tricky because I think this is the first time we've ever did, done an odd number of episodes. But for, you know, it, we were not going to have two freaking K-dramas in a row where we did not count the episodes before recording. <laughs> I think we did have two two K yeah, dramas in a row. We weren't gonna do three though. <laughs> Fools three times. Not gonna happen. Oh, we learned how to count this week, folks, and we counted out three episodes of K drama per episode of podcast. Thank you very much. We did it. We did good. Patting ourselves on the back. Way too much about it. <laughs> the bare minimum. Talking about episode layout way more than we're talking about the actual K-drama. It was too good. I'm oh my God. angry. We're so bad at talking about good K-dramas. Oh my, we are, it, it's always buck wild. So obviously we can uh, jump straight to the episode of, ep- or end of episode three, right? And just like talk about how <laughs> obviously that psychotic old mom, that psychotic rich old mom totally smuggled her son's body in that box right like 100 percent. there's a zombie on that boat yeah fuck that bitch and then (laughs) he's gonna he's gonna change everyone into zombies and that boat is headed toward probably another big city so she is single-handedly responsible for so much death. I think we all felt it in that moment in the town square where she was like, you will not touch my son's body. He is a young aristocrat. And everyone was like, oh, dang, you're right. Let's uh, separate the bodies. That seems like a good use of our very limited time. And then we'll burn the poor people and bury the rich people, but, like, real deep. We're gonna dig just the deepest holes. We have a day. We have a day to dig the deepest holes for these aristocrat bodies and also burn all of the poor and also separate them out. And if we don't do this before nightfall, we fucked. Sure. We're all dead. Like, sure, we'll do that for you. Freaking, I was... Really on the fence about the crown prince until that moment, essentially. I think he was a really good, like, obviously the hero, obviously the protagonist of the story, but you're not quite on his team until he's like, F the rich. And then Raquel and I were like, heart flutters. (laughs) Sir, what did you say? He's like, I still am the rich. I am the epitome of the rich. And we're like, don't worry about it. You said eat the rich, and I heard that. That's all I needed to hear from you. And it's that attitude that might save some rich people when we, the poor, riot and end them. <laughs> I'm just trying to be rich myself, you know. I'm still on that sad, sad treadmill that they've made for me. So my uh, boyfriend works in the financial industry, and it's just so fun to have conversations where, because right, he he brings in just 
one week he came home on a Friday and was like, I made someone, or I brought in like $11 million to the company this week. We don't I see- remember that. We don't see much of that. We don't see even a fraction of that. We still are lower middle class. Do not worry. I am one of you. But it's just real fun to butt heads about how much money I'm going to give away. I, I'm setting a limit on how rich we can be before I just start shoveling money into places that need it constantly. He hates it. He hates it. <laughs> he wants us to be rich, too. So, you know. I get it. Me and Craig were like, oh my god, $11 million? Let's take our cut of that. And Raquel's like, <laughs> no, that's not, no, we're not gonna be rich. We can't be rich. We're not allowed. Rich people are bad people. Except the Crown Prince. Rich. Except what? Did you say the, the Crown, Crown Prince? The oh. Crown Prince. The Crown Prince. Except the Crown Prince. But even he, not great. I was pretty, I don't know. See, it's so conflicting. I felt so many feelings when he was like, I sent out the notice that said my dear papa was dead and it was my turn to be king. Obviously, a power grab. We don't love to see it. Your papa is your papa. But also, he married a wench, an absolute villain, and I kind of got it by the end of episode three. I was like, maybe, maybe you should declare your dad dead just to take that throne away from her. I'm kind of here for it. I, I, if it's a matter of life or death, which for him, it really is. And kind of like he pointed out, pretty much everyone who's ever been loyal to him or appeared loyal to him or helped him in any way in his life that could potentially be a problem uh, you know, it's life or death for them as well. Apparently, this is... I just... History is buck wild, is it not? Is there any good thing in history? <laughs> is this... Is this how people just were? the zombie plague at this point. Yeah. The zombie plague that will just wipe everyone out indiscriminately. It's the only good part of history. Yikes. Because it's rough watching them just go through and torture all the scholars and be like, we don't need scholars. We need oh fighters. We almost never watch history K-dramas, period K-dramas. And so then it's wild to compare shows like Kingdom to shows like Mr. Sunshine, where also the scholars were good people who knew what they were doing for the most part, but got targeted for being in the way of political shifts. And so it does feel a little buck wild to even remotely make this comparison, because Mr. Sunshine is one of the most beautiful pieces of art I've ever seen, and this is fantastic, but also about a zombie plague. But yeah, I couldn't help but think about that and just think like, damn, were scholars always just like simultaneously so powerful and so prosecuted and targeted in old Korea? Was that just constant? Was that just a thing? I don't know. I would believe it based on the two historical K-dramas that I've seen, but literally have no idea. Seems rough to be a scholar in Korea in the olden days. Or to not be a scholar in Korea in the olden days, honestly. What do you <laughs> choose? Yeah, that's fair, because seeing the, the poor people parts of town, yikes. That, uh... I have a question. Yeah. That's, um... Fairly important, because I don't know the answer for myself. It's a how do you feel question. Or how do we feel? How do we feel? Can you tell oh, me how sense. I should feel yeah. about the guy who originally fed Don E? Yes! Oh my god! Raquel, I wrote the same question. How do we feel about <laughs> cannibalism? How do we feel about cannibalism? Okay, okay. Well, maybe this is super controversial. I'm not, like, mega committed to this point of view as far as, like, obviously, like, casual cannibalism is awful. No, Who would do yeah, that? Yeah, we can say don't casual cannibalize. Yeah, no, uh, sorry, that's not the controversial part, but 
<laughs> but I appreciate that affirmation. Um, yeah. I think we should say that. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't yet, but we will say now, no casual cannibalism. Just to be clear. Just to be absolutely... So, you know, that that's the official play on K take on cannibalism. You can quote us on that. Um, Consensual cannibalism <laughs> is where it gets gray. <laughs> oh, where do we draw the line? Who's to say? Who's to, I mean, consent is important in all facets of life. Yeah, that's where I'm drawing the line. I say consensual <laughs> cannibalism. Go for it. Yeah, because that's the thing, right? Is I have always had a hard time judging, like, the Donner Party, right? Because they were starting... The Donner Party, have you heard that? That's an American history thing. They were pioneers that uh, may or may not have taken part in cannibalism as people in their party died. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's not a may or may not. I'm pretty sure it's confirmed. I'm, like, I think it's confirmed. Okay. We'll say it was. We'll call out the Donner Party on this podcast. <laughs> We'll call them like we see them. And those people were cannibals. They were cannibals. But do I judge them? Not necessarily. It's not that they murdered people to eat. It's that they ate dead people. And that is very much the case here, where he fed people a dead person that he did not murder. I don't know if we... That is not consensual cannibalism. But it's not murder, it's not, you know, active, casual cannibalism. Yeah, it's definitely a gray area, because, I mean, obviously, we started the zombie apocalypse, so it wasn't the best decision. (laughs) In the end, didn't work out very well. But if he had not had a zombie virus inside of his body, perhaps... Perhaps a good idea, those people seemed... A lot happier. Yeah, they needed a good meal. And he got it for for them. A g- good meal? Good? They seemed to enjoy it. Yeah. They, I'd say good meal. Yeah. I don't know if it was consensual for them, though, right? Also, I think you have to disclose that oh, yeah, no. it's a human person that you're feeding them. Otherwise, because he told everyone it was a deer, right? He went out and hunted a deer yeah. with his, like, busted arm. Right? Cool. I'm sorry, which hand did you use to hunt that deer? <laughs> did you use your feet? Did you bite it with your mouth? Uh, last we saw, your shoulder was pretty busted. So, okay, I'll just eat my meat and be quiet. I am very hungry, so I guess I will not look into this further before I eat this meat. Thank you. Thank you. But yeah, I do think maybe he should have disclosed that that was the nice young man that used to take care of them, that they were eating. I don't know. I... I get it, because I feel like groupthink, right? You're not going to be the one guy that's like, I mean, I'm hungry enough. I'm hungry enough to eat Danny. Like, if everybody else is like, no, I'd rather starve to death than eat that kid, you're not going to be the one guy that's like, I'm pretty hungry. Like, I'm I'm peckish for, for meat, for human bones. Yeah, but I think the consensual cannibalism goes both ways, right? Yeah, I need to... I think generally... (laughs) (laughs) But in this situation, I totally get why Homeboy wasn't going to go around and be like, anyone? Any takers? Human human meat? Uh, Is this too challenging? I think we probably have to put a warning on this podcast episode about just challenging concepts for the just in-depth descriptions with which we if anyone has a family member who's been cannibalized we're really sorry we're joking yes and also if you're bothered by jokes about cannibalism label concepts yeah i'll just let everyone know ahead of time i mean if you got this far into kingdom true i feel like you're probably okay if you got this far into kingdom i think you had to know we were going to discuss cannibalism right yeah, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. To me, I was thinking about, um, just just before we let cannibalism go, I was thinking about how you're allowed to be buried with 
your organs, even though donating them could save so many other people. So I'm like, yeah, you can't just eat people if they didn't say that you're allowed to eat them. That seems like, like, okay, one person died. We're all very, very hungry. We're clearly not going to eat Jim. But say one of us dies next. Can we all just sign a verbal contract right now that says whoever dies next is allowed to be eaten? I think that's a great way to go. Yeah, like... I think that should have been what happened, wherein we said, okay, I cooked up Danny. Are we going to eat Danny? And then everyone said, no, Danny didn't agree to this, but next person to go is on the menu. Okay. <laughs> Can we all agree to that? Oh that God. doesn't leave the compound. This agreement stays between us, but clearly one of us is going to die every day until we get some meat up in this house. So, whoever goes next <laughs> of natural causes, you're gonna get eight. And that's just how it and is. And that's for the, yeah, that's socialism. <laughs> that's for the good of the people. <laughs> yikes. Big yikes. Um, <laughs> thank you for listening to I'm Play on Cake. <laughs> <laughs> that's our podcast. Thanks for coming this week. Oh, boy. Okay, uh, well. That's going to be... I'm excited to listen to this playback, to be honest. <laughs> um, can we jump into a real real bummer moments before we get maybe into the more fun aspects? I was pretty, pretty darn bummed out at the two moms that they focused on dying. <laughs> like, maybe there were other people that I should have been more sad over. Like, I guess there was the guy who collected herbs and he was like... I'm taking care of my dad. He's very ill. And then he clearly eats his dad. Big bummer. Oof, yeah. Did they need to include not one, but two different moms that they like? One of them dies with her baby in her arms. One of them eats her baby. Like, guys. Yeah, I feel like if you made it through Kingdom, you can make it through our podcast. Because, dang. Yeah. We're not pulling those punches. Those were... The most challenging deaths, for sure. The, I think maybe where they, I'm not gonna say they crossed a line. We knew what we were signing up for, for the most part. But where they maybe pushed the limits of what I was capable of dealing with was when the little child walked in to see her mom. And then we had to, you know, hear that happen. That was rough. Yeah. Obviously, I have a baby, so I think I struggled a lot more with the baby. Yeah. And just, oh, the freaking, the classic, like, can't reach each other's hands, and then they finally clasp it, but it's way too late, and he's trying to pull her up, but, like, he just is bent over the railing at an awkward angle, so he can't just yeet her up, and everybody else is like, drop her! I was like, okay. Do I just need to walk away from this for a minute? Because I don't like this. I'm really glad they grabbed the baby and weren't just like, drop her. But also, I feel like you could have helped pull her up. That's where, that's what totally got me to. It's one of those moments where, obviously, as the viewer, we have a modicum more perspective on the situation. <laughs> Who's to say what it would be like in to be, you know, real time? really feels like if they had worked together, that woman and her baby could have survived. The baby, thank God, did. That was pretty rough. And also, kind of a turning moment for that character, who we still, like, unleashed zombie plague, didn't know he was unleashing zombie plague, has stuck around and helped people in spite of the horror unraveling that he could have gotten a pretty good amount of distance from. So, yeah, I kind of like him. Yeah, I'm, I like him. He's very complicated. He's very interesting. I want to see more. Ah, uh, yeah, that's, it's, he's tough. But yeah, that was a huge turning uh -huh. moment. Him take, like, he was clearly way more affected by so many or by that moment than so many other people that didn't help pull the mom up. And 
even knowing she had been bitten and it was too late, you could see the doubt in his mind that he maybe wasn't quite ready to let go until, you know, he absolutely had to and he waited until the the baby was out at at risk of his own life. So huge character turning moment for a character that up to that point was the, I mean, culprit number two, an accessory in a cr- in a zombie plague. <laughs> but like you said, unknowing. So very complicated character. I think he clearly spent a lot of time trying to keep the zombies within that compound where they were created. Like, everyone said he spent a week just going back and forth and collecting the bamboo to be like, I did bad, I messed up, and uh, they're gonna stay there. Nobody look. Obviously, he could have had other options, including maybe telling someone what happened, but I get that maybe he was a little messed up in the head after that. I think they did a very good job of explaining why they didn't burn the bodies. It's just tough upon reflection that they didn't burn the <laughs> yeah. bodies. But she she being the the physician, the fem- the like physician assistant, I don't think like that's a real term for like a medical thing in America, but we'll use physician assistant here cuz she's pretty much a doctor. And uh she explained about how they were practically her family. And so she thought maybe she could cure them, and they tried to keep it under wraps. They tried to keep it zipped up, and it got away from them, clearly. Yeah. I I liked that. I liked that she was like, I mean, they're not dead. Look at them. They're moving around. They're up and about. As far as I know, in my time in the medical field, that means they're not dead. Which means I can cure this, so we're not going to just bury them or burn them. That's murder. But also, That's murder. But also you should have also there's You maybe should have burned them, so... Maybe you should have burned all of them while you had the chance. Like, like you said, audience perspective, burn the zombies. I loved watching Homeboy art conflicted hero run around and try and set each of them on fire in the compound. I know Uh, it makes me terrible to be like, yeah, get him. He did his best. But it's like, it's like his last chance, right? He's like, I can still save this town. I can still make this right. And they are covered in straw. Let's get it. This is my time. And then, of course, and... Once again, as viewers, we have more perspective. It is so hard as viewers to have the perspective where we know that, yes, those people are going to stand, that he's right, those people are going to stand up and attack literally every person in that city until everyone is eviscerated. It's so hard to have that knowledge and watch these officials say, you are insane. You don't know what you're talking about. Lock this man up. Lock him and this physician assistant up in prison. They're done. Like, not to brag, but I feel like the second the first body twitched, I would be gone. I would be the first one out the door. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't know what's going on here, but those crazy people seem right. Yep. I, we, You and I, we would be the assistant to the crown prince. The guy who kind of <laughs> was checking out the situation, thought it seemed pretty crazy, saw the body twitch bounced yikes not gonna stick around to see what this is about seems like they're right yeet i love it i love it it would have been him yep uh so yes it's nice that he believed them that the crown prince was willing to entertain the idea that maybe something was going on he was an official that i mean it's that thing where in real life they would be insane but in this show they're the heroes so listen to them please come on yeah it is very vindicating as an audience member to see the crown prince believe this physician's assistant who was up in the mountains searching for a cure kind of looking like a crazy person 
and then sounding a lot like a crazy person and him being like, no, that sounds a lot like what I experienced just the other night. So let's hear you out um, and get to the bottom of this as a team. Like, oh, yes, homeboy. Again, somehow, this man, that was, (laughs) I mean, clearly... We weren't completely sold until he came back and told them that even rich people must burn. But <laughs> <laughs> but it was a good start. Chivalry. Yep. I'm here for it. Um. So are we, like, 70% sure that the queen has already lost the baby and is pretending to be pregnant and having a period? What? Is that? I, what? that that's what I think. I'm, like, a 70% sure. I think there's still a chance they're going to toss in the drama of there being a child, right? But she's clearly hiding something, and there was blood on her, like, silk stocking when she was standing next to her dad. And we've not seen a pregnant belly. To me, I know it's the fashion of the era. It looks like she's holding her outfit out. Not that there's a belly underneath it, to me. Maybe uh. that's like a inaccurate perspective of what I'm looking at, and they don't even intend to put the question in my mind that she may not be pregnant or whatever. But I, to me, it just, from the get-go, I was like, she does not, she looks like she's faking this pregnancy. And then the blood happened, and I was like, she might be faking this pregnancy. You're so smart. My mind is exploding. Um, I didn't catch that at all. I thought the blood on her slipper was from the maiden being eaten by the king. But I think they're pretty consistent with if they want you to follow a trail of blood, they'll show you like the blood pooling towards her slipper and then getting all over her slipper and her, you know, if that was supposed to be a moment of her being like, Ew, this is kind of disgusting. I'm standing in somebody else's blood, and that's what's disturbing. That would have been part of that scene where her father was like, don't look away, this is your husband or whatever. You need to raise a king who's stronger than this one. But that happened, like, the blood on her shoes happened after that, so I don't think it was supposed to be related to the death in front of her. See, you... Seem to be onto something. I'm excited by this. I hope it's true. I really want her to not be pregnant. Um, not necessarily because of the, I guess, political aspect of wanting, you know, the crown prince to be king or whatever. That's fine. Like, obviously, I want him to be. But more that I, I'm thinking about how it would be kind of interesting if what this insane power-grabbing family did, ultimately for nothing and at their own downfall. Oh, so good. I'm excited to watch that. Because, yeah, I just hate every single one of them, but most especially the queen so far, in that, like, she's just so mean. Mostly. She's just really mean all the time. She's just a mean lady. Her dad is... She's just a mean lady. My least favorite. Um, I expect... I thought it was a twist that the brother slash son, the bad one of the... What's their family the name? The general? The Cho. Yeah. The Cho family, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, I thought it was a twist that he died. For some reason, my mind immediately went to him realizing his family's mistake and... Teaming up with the crown prince to get back to the capital or something. I don't know. Or try to fight it. But he's... I mean, he went really fast. Yeah, I love a quick-paced K-drama. And I feel like his death made things feel like they were moving really quickly. I thought he would be much more of a villain. And I didn't care for him very much as a villain. I don't think he was super strong. So I'm not like, let down that he died so quickly, but it felt like a really powerful moment to kill him off. And it's maybe gonna come back to bite them, because somebody just stole his head. Disgusting. Yeah. But... Literally come back to bite them. 
<laughs> Gross. <laughs> but yeah, that whole family is gonna have an interesting story, I think. And I don't want them to win. I don't want them to succeed. And I'm only interested in them up to that point, up to seeing their downfall. Yeah, like I'm ready. I'm actually, I know it would be too quick. I'm kind of ready for it to already have happened. Uh, or rather, I would like that to be maybe the end of season one. I know that that is not likely. Or, uh, I don't know. Maybe it's not even good storytelling. I'm just ready to, <laughs> since we have we have established how and why the zombie virus happened. And I think they were great tools in that. I am less interested interested in this being a political drama than I am in it now shifting focus toward I guess figuring out what's how to stop what's happening now that it's been set into motion I think that I would I would personally be more interested in a story that focused on that aspect on the actual zombie virus and all of that versus a political drama within zombie world which is actually a little bit different from my usual feelings on horror i love a good like horror setting that has themes that are maybe not classically horror themes but yeah this i guess i specifically maybe i'm not like you said my interest in this family and the political drama kind of extends now pretty much to their downfall and then focusing on what they created yeah I feel kind of the opposite. I'm, like, interested in the zombies, but I'm really excited to see a show. And because it's called Kingdom, I assume they're going to focus a lot on the politics of it and all these people in power and how the power grabs are going to play out amongst this zombie backdrop. I'm... Super interested in that. I've never seen anything like it. I think they set up the lore behind where the z zombies came from really quickly. More quickly than I think they do in a lot of zombie movies or shows. And so that hopefully will also continue to be an aspect. I assume it will be since this physician's assistant is such a huge character. I think she'll keep working towards finding a cure and that won't fade out but I won't be surprised if the politics also keep playing a large role and I'm super into it I'm excited to see all of that I mostly like how the crown prince gains power I think if this was a one season show I would expect that by the end the queen is dead and he's trying to kind of restabilize the nation, whether the zombies have been eradicated or not. He's trying to, you know, establish himself as the king and maybe stop the zombie apocalypse from his position as king. But I have no idea. Since there's two seasons, it feels like they could end with anything and be like, we'll continue this later. We'll come back to this. We'll pick this back We'll circle up. back. <laughs> yeah. So now I don't know how the show's going to end. It's hard to guess, but I, yeah, I'm invested in mostly the Crown Prince's um, power ascension or his storyline and all the, all the political play that's going to happen. I think that's a really cool backdrop for a zombie, zombie show. Yeah, or rather, I guess that in a way would put the zombies in the backdrop, which is... Interesting. Yeah. I, I mean, it's a very, I guess, maybe this is why I'm a little bit like, eh, on it is that it feels very Walking Dead to me, which is to say Walking Dead is less, I mean, I haven't watched the show. What I understand about Walking Dead <laughs> is that it is less about zombies and more about the societies that form in the aftermath of a zombie apocalypse. Versus yeah. this, I guess, is different because it's how this current society formed a zombie apocalypse, how it drove the zombie apocalypse to happen, 
and how uh, how events play out directly following that, which is fresh. I will give them that. That's fresh. So I like it. I'm interested in it. Yeah, they do have me very interested. I care a lot about a lot of this show. I did. Uh, did I tell you? I don't think I told you. Uh, it wasn't even a nightmare, but like this show kept me up at night. Um, oh no! It was a weird mixture. I've had a busy couple of weeks, and then that it was weird because it was stuff from like my new job training mixed in with zombies, and it wasn't a nightmare necessarily. It was just super active mind while trying to sleep, mm. so it was like that really restless sleep. But I can't describe it as a nightmare because it was insane. It was weird human brain <laughs> insanity where somehow zombies and software were mixed up in my mind. It was crazy. Um, but, uh, yeah, this show is maybe one of the first horror shows that has kept me up at night, because I was just thinking about it so much. Wow. That's so cool. Yeah. I'm very tired now. There was one night I just slept, like, four hours and then thought about zombies. But, you know. Can I ask you, so... Before we see all the bodies in Town Square, there is a scene where some dudes, I think maybe of the Cho Clan, I think they were wearing red hats, are dumping bodies in a river. What is that? Confusing. Um, Confusing. I thought they were like, oh, we found all these people in the like hospital up on the mountain, and now we're throwing them in the river. Seems like a bad place to leave your bodies. I don't know why they're doing that. I really didn't think it through, because it was what was on screen. And then they were like, no, no, no. Look over here. Here's where the bodies are. And I was like, who's... who's but, why are there so many bodies? Yeah, the only thing I can think that it could be the case, and even then, it's a stretch. It's me making stuff up, as usual. Typical Raquel. Write your own story if you don't understand what's going on in the current <laughs> one. Um... I'm wondering, because I had the same thought where I didn't understand where those bodies were coming from, and now I'm wondering if that took place in a different location and, like, we just didn't understand what was happening. I'm wondering if that was at the palace and those were bodies that the king had been killing and eating and, you know, his unfinished meals that they are... I think that's fair. Yeah, dropping... I guess just zombies are confusing because they don't, like, finish their meals. They're just like, I just want to gnaw on this. Like a teething baby. Yeah. Just, like, go ham on this flesh. And then you can have the body back. Because those bodies were pretty intact. And I guess maybe they were just wrapped up so we couldn't see but that's where I got confused. Yeah. I think that makes the most sense, what you're saying. I, I've been a little bit confused. I will say it's very interesting how they've established that the zombies are only active at night. I've heard of, you know... I love examining. It's a big thing for me. I've seen a lot of zombie films. I love examining the differences between, I guess the boundaries established on zombies and i like i like those parameters because i think setting those parameters sets up a different type of horror in every film right because we've got like world war z zombies which are super fast and super motivated absolutely no um What's the word I'm looking weaknesses? for weaknesses yeah like no weaknesses and no self preservation like, they will leap mm. off a building to go after what they are trying to get. And so there's nothing that stops them versus, like, if you look at these zombies, they, a couple leapt after them when they jumped into the water, and then others stopped and just didn't do anything. Um, and the ones that leapt in clearly couldn't do anything in the water. Yeah, they couldn't swim. Which I think is an interesting parameter. I love examining the parameters set on zombies for uh -huh. some reason. It's, like, such an interesting topic to me. And I love that the parameters so far on these zombies are only active at night. 
Once daylight comes, they're just dead bodies again. But not even just dead bodies. They're, like, scared of the sun. Yeah, like, they affected crawl. by sunlight. Yeah. They, like, crawl away and, like, die again. They, like, go dormant. Uh-huh. Only to rise again as soon as the sun sets. Really cool. What? Yeah. So can't swim. Only active at night. And clearly they have, like, a sense of self-preservation. Because they won't... If if they have the chance to, you know, like, stop their movement before, you know, jumping into water or something, they will. Uh, and they um, aren't, like, they don't seem smart enough to maybe always open stuff. They're more just, like, grabby zombies versus, you know, and then you look at stuff like I Am Legend zombies, which are similar in that they are only active at night. They have to avoid the sun. But... That doesn't mean they just go completely dormant, right? They're, they don't just mm-hmm. become, like, dead bodies again. They hide in, like, hives or whatever. Yeah, so I, I'm so interested in that. I can't remember why I started this topic other than, <laughs> oh, just that, like, I guess that they also don't, they literally don't finish, like, they're they're not in it for even much of a meal at all, like, I know probably some of this is just special effects that they have chosen to use, but no one is limbless. Yeah, partially eaten, or they are clearly mauled, attacked, have bite marks, but it's not like there's a, ugh, maybe this is too gruesome, but it's not like there's a chunk taken out of anyone, right? Yeah. So that, I don't know, that's interesting to me. Yeah, which makes sense with being like it's a disease because most diseases are like quote unquote interested in just spreading to as many hosts as possible and that wouldn't happen as effectively if they spent a lot of time and a lot of energy tearing people apart only for those people to be torn apart and have a much harder time than spreading the disease themselves. Yeah. But I am curious to know if, so wherever that water source is that they've been dropped into, similar to people eating Dani and uh, becoming zombies, if that water source is consumed, will people become zombies? Ooh. I was just so excited about the underwater zombies that I didn't even think about that. But it makes sense, because I don't know if the water... Underwater zombies are going to become a thing, since, like we saw, they just kind of sink to the bottom. These zombies are tied down with rocks, so they might just remain at the bottom of the river and be boring, silly zombies on their own. But if the water gets consumed, then they have a much more interesting part to play. Very interesting. Yeah, I am... Very interesting. I... Well, I don't know where that is or what is happening with it. I am interested to see if anything will come of it or if it was just kind of a beautiful scene where people were talking about, like, dead bodies. Like, yeah, it, I guess beautiful is a weird way to describe it. It's, like, grotesque, right? Because it's kind of cool to see them sinking to the bottom and, like, it's spooky and weird to see them in the water, but it's not exactly, like gorgeous it's just visually interesting yeah and it's yeah this fall foliage against this like really deep blue river scene it's a cool juxtaposition i would say it's beautiful in a weird morbid way (laughs) um i have two more things before i am finished okay i'm ready one I said kudos to the fire zombie, because there's a, a zombie who's on fire running through the town that is... I There's just some things that take me out of a show in the best ways. And I know that maybe for other people that would not be a fun way to experience this, but just imagining the stuntman who was like, all right set me on fire, and I'll go run around. Like, we're only gonna do this once. Oh, that's so cool. I bet he had so much fun, and I uh, I have heard that being set on fire 
is extremely scary and extremely sensitive and you have to be so, so careful. But it's got to be fun on some level. Right? Kind of that uh, that way that all stunt people have really cool jobs that I don't personally want. Because uh-huh. I am not a risk taker. I am not a thrill seeker. I love to experience my thrills via watching people get uh, <laughs> fake set on fire in shows. But... Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, that because I just think that all stunt jobs are so cool, but that one is, I guess, particularly... I mean, you do a cool motorcycle jump that you can train for. You can't exactly train for being set on fire. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's got to be a once-in-a-career thing, if that, to be like, I'll be the fire guy. Set me on fire, I'm going to run through the set, like... <laughs> that seems so crazy. And I just, I hope he had a good time. And obviously, I hope he was safe and that it all went well. And he was able to hold his breath for the 30 seconds that he ran through the scene. Because it was cool to watch. Yes. Oh my gosh. I also, again, think of, I guess, the zombie. Because it was interesting to me that that did not stop the zombie. Yeah. Yeah, that's what made me think of it. Like, obviously, it's in my notes, but also that they would preserve themselves from jumping into water. But fire, not a bother. No effect. Cannot stop them. And the last thing I wrote, obviously, we gotta end with the romance. We've got the magistrate proposing to the physician's assistant. And she has no clue. No clue. I thought that was charming. A really cute and unexpectedly funny scene. Yeah, they... That... I can't think that they've had moments of humor other really than that. I think Mu Young has been a really humorous character. Like, yeah, from the get-go with his character, and then that particularly was actual humor versus... Because, I mean, they Mm -hmm. made penis jokes, they... You know, they went really deep into it. They let a whole scene be humor instead of just a moment of comedic relief at Mm. a, like, tense moment or whatever. They totally committed that scene to him, to establishing him as the humor. He is the comedic Uh relief, you know? He's going to be Uh it. I love a relationship with, like, a strong level-headed independent woman and a kind of doofy dude very malcolm in the middle i think (laughs) vibes and i ship it and i'm so mad that he got on his boat and just freaking left yeah and doesn't seem to know that that was the wrong thing to do i think that's what gets me (sighs) is he was so committed to doing right by her by it for a minute yeah for maybe a third of the episode he was ready to do right by her and then the last 30 seconds he dipped and and then just asked is this the wrong thing to do should i have brought her with me should i have really figured obviously obviously you big idiot like yeah it would not have taken that much effort to get her back and put her on the boat with you. She would not have gone, which is another problem, but it's worth asking. Yeah, just just see if she wants to go, or I don't know. I know that it was another one of those establishing the differences between the rich and the poor, and how the poor are not going to survive in this new world currently as we are seeing it, that all of those people got on the boat, and in that sense... I guess thanks, selfish woman who brought her zombie son on the boat, because you're really leveling the playing field. But yeah, it's it's going to be a rough time watching all of that happen, and then it was particularly rough because it felt like his character was ready to make a turnaround. He's from the Cho family, but he is not one of them, And then, but he's just a doofus, so... <laughs> and yeah, I feel like doofus was adorable and silly and fun until he abandons her and then you're like oh okay we're not having fun anymore we're just being villains 
Lame. Okay. <laughs> Lame. Oh, but it was cute. That was a very cute scene. That's that's all for me. I think that is plenty. I think we Unless got it. you have more to say. I think we covered it. All I needed to talk about was cannibalism, so... <laughs> That was my biggest note. I'm glad we were on the same page of uh, we need to talk about cannibalism for a minute. That'll be a funny thing for our comedy podcast <laughs> to just talk about cannibalism for a solid 15 minutes. Let's go. So thanks for sticking with us, listeners, through, for some people, maybe our most exciting episode, but probably for the majority, our most challenging <laughs> I hope you're loving uh, watching Kingdom as much as we are so far. Every time we do a horror, it sort of feels like a risk. But the last time we did a horror and watched The Guest, uh, I was pleasantly surprised at how many of you were pretty stoked on it. And so if you're loving Kingdom, let us know uh, that you're watching it with us. And you can uh, one of the many places you can do that is at our email, playonkpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can leave a comment on our website, playonk.com, where you can find also a link to our Patreon, you can sign up for our newsletter, or you can find our affiliate links to support the podcast and get products you love from Skillshare, Blueberry Podcast Hosting, and NordVPN. Yeah, also um, on our website or directly, you can access our Patreon. Directly, it is patreon.com slash playonk. We've got a couple of tiers there. You can read over them. They're both pretty cheap. Pretty much they just help us, you know, keep the lights on. And uh, and yeah, go and check it out. See if it's something you're interested in um, and see if there's any, you know, bonus content that you'd like access to or just, you know, toss us a little coffee money. If you want to give us a quick hey and be kept up to date on all of our latest releases, we are on Twitter at PlayOnK or on Instagram at PlayOnK Podcast, and we'd love to hear from you at either of those places. Yeah, and then uh, finally, we are on many different podcast streaming platforms. On most of those platforms, you can do some combination of rate, review, and subscribe. And doing any of those things helps us out a bunch. It helps other podcasts, K-drama podcast listeners find us. So yeah, check us out where you listen to your podcast. Thanks as always for listening and join us next week for the next three episodes, including the season one finale of Kingdom. Yeah. K-bye. K-bye.